Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the latest installment of the Observe and Report podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jason Simmons speaking to you right now. And sitting across from me is Jack Smith. Hello. Uh, it's probably only been about a week for you, but for us, it's been a few weeks. Like it's we've, been a while. We have not seen each other in a while, but we have been yeah. looking at a bunch of stuff. So much stuff. You, more than me, <laughs> it seems like. Always, because I don't have a life and you do but we do have lives we both went on separate vacations we did <laughs> to fantastic places we're world travelers we're citizens uh, of the world all right and did you watch anything while you were away because i know i did oh as well. boy did i like i watched i watched terrible things while I was oh away. i'm not claiming to watch quality things i just watched things um yeah i i uh i had some mornings that were free when i was away to watch things but nice. Outside of being on vacation and watching trash, I did watch some things that I thought were really good and enjoyable. There were a couple of winners in mine, too. Um, but yeah, we can get into it as Let's far as uh, what we've seen, what we watched. And, uh, and of course, this is a show where we observe, we report, we watch the things, we talk about the things, observe and report. That's what this show is. We probably spoil a lot of things, too. And we spoil things. So just so you know, there are going to be spoilers in this. Yeah. Hopefully, not too much. We will try to announce ahead of time when we do spoil things. Yes. Um, but, you know. Listen on and enjoy yourselves. All right. You ready? Yep. Go for it. Okay. Um, I can talk about a few things that I did indeed see. So a few weeks ago, I did watch a 30th anniversary showing of Coming to America. Oh, um, okay. I went to the theater to see this on the IFC Center uh, oh, that's cool. in New York. And it was fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> I haven't watched it since college. I feel like most people haven't in a while, but it, it weirdly holds up across yeah. the years. It's probably Eddie Murphy's best movie. Really? Like, it's just so much fun. Um, Arsenio Hall is so wonderful. It <laughs> makes you forget that, like, he's really funny. <laughs> like, because I feel like people haven't been exposed to him in some time. No, Weirdly yeah. enough, when I was in California, he was performing at oh. a comedy club there no, um, really? called The Magic and Comedy Club. <laughs> um, Wait, so are there some nights of magic? The comedy is the magic, all oh. right? I mean, yeah, but I also like magic. <laughs> I'm sure. Mm. This is a combination of two things I love. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Um, but aside from that, um, it holds up really well. It's wonderful seeing cameos. Of, not even cameos. It's like people's just, just their early appearances in film. Like Sam Jackson's in there <laughs> as a person that tries to rob a uh, <laughs> fast food restaurant. Oh, no. And Eddie Murphy puts him down with just a like broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I think it's like, you know, if you live in Queens in New York, it should be like a thing that you watch at some point in time. It's just because that's where it was filmed. That's like, you know, where the setting is. Where in Queens? Um, I believe further out towards like Jamaica. Okay. Um, but it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like this is like just fun to see how much like the place has changed in like, the last 30 years. It's also weird to think this has been out for 30 that years. That is crazy. We are old. I will say when I saw the most recent Spider-Man movie, because mm-hmm. um, I used to live in Astoria until recently. Um, when they panned around to just like a couple places, like literally the block that I used to live on, mm-hmm. it was very exciting. It's so much fun. I'll say that about like living in this area, like being in New York and like going to see a movie in New York and mm-hmm. then they're showing things that happen in New York. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It <laughs> like it is like a small little perk, I guess, living in this area. Um, so in Spider-Man, of course, being such a New York character yeah. and seeing things like set in Queens, it's like, I've been in that train stop before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it was like super cool. Um, in Ocean's 8, um, there's a very, very, like, 
short five second scene with Richard Armitage, mm, so handsome, and James Corden and Richard Armitage is like walking these two fancy dogs mm-hmm. um, by this building. And that was right behind my work. And I remember watching it being filmed and being like, ooh, and they did several takes and the dogs <laughs> were very fancy. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and then it was, and Megan and I were so excited. And then it was in the movie for all of three seconds. That's, <laughs> and I was like, that's my work. That's how movies happen. Like, you were there for six hours, but, yeah. like, you get, like, Your a five-second scene out of it. was all set up. You had the whole thing. You were there for, like, one afternoon for <laughs> a three-second part of the movie that was not even that important. Which is so weird to think about how, like, it costs a lot of money to make a movie. Oh, yeah. Like, this is, like... Uh, maybe a hundred people at a location that you had to pay for to they use. They had to get the permits and everything. Yeah. Like someone had to go somewhere to... No, oh God. Like, yeah, they catering it. people. You had to, like, get, like, yeah. trailers that had plumbing in them and all that stuff. It's just, oh. like, the amount of, like, work put into just something that lasts for five seconds in a movie. Mm. It's massive. This is why movies sometimes need to make a lot of money yeah. to cover their costs. Like... But yeah, what ha- what did you also see? Um, so mm-hmm. there is <laughs> this terrible apocalypse movie because you know I love an apocalypse movie. I think I know what you're talking about. It's one of my favorite genres. <laughs> I love apocalypse movies. Mm-hmm. I love natural disaster movies. Yep. Now I have to say I watched this before anybody else did mm-hmm. because I have terrible taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw an article about it that made me feel better for. Uh, my feelings for not liking it yes it's called how it ends i also saw how it ends as well and i was a furious (laughs) it's okay it starts off it starts off pretty okay right and you're like all right so it's about uh this guy and his fiance um you're gonna explain this much better than i am i should have tossed this one over to you (laughs) uh it's who's the main guy again? <laughs> um, not Luke Evans. Jesus Christ! Why can't I remember his name? Um, he was in all those Divergent series. So Theo James. Yeah. Theo James is that's his why name. I can't remember his name because it's <laughs> Theo James. What? You got two first names. Change one. <laughs> um, so he is engaged to Forrest Whitaker's daughter. Forrest Whitaker, not a fan of him. Um, he probably saw those Divergent movies. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker's not like this dude Ew. at all. And so um, he's out there to ask for Forrest Whitaker's permission to marry his daughter. And then the apocalypse starts to happen. You don't really know what's going on. But uh, he and Forrest Whitaker go on a little road trip. Um, not the fun kind. To go and save the daughter. Yes. And then there's some shenanigans along the way. There's a lot of shenanigans that happen along the there way. There are multiple shenanigan places. Um, I liked that girl. Spoilers. All sorts of spoilers. But it's okay because you shouldn't watch it. It's like a thing that you won't even know is on Netflix unless like you stumble upon it one night drunkenly. <laughs> or if you're perfectly sober on a Friday and like... Netflix knows that you like or shitty apocalypse perfectly movies, so they're sober. like serving it up to you on a silver platter, and you go, oh, yes, thank you. I watch it on a Sunday afternoon while ironing clothes. That <laughs> 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 is probably one of the ways you should watch it. Do something yeah. and do this. So at least you're being productive while wasting your time. <laughs> um, so they picked up that girl. Mm-hmm. Whose name I forget, but she was in uh, she was The Revenant as Leo's wife. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, she was great. She does add a lot to the movie, I would yeah. say. Yeah. 
I was like super into that character. Yeah, it becomes a different dynamic entirely. Totally. And then she disappears. And you never <laughs> fucking see her again. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? That made me so mad. I thought, because then later on, when how does she disappear again? I don't remember. She just walks away. Like they oh, get She gets situ- mad. She gets mad because they had to chase down some dudes that stole their gas. Right. Like, yes. where she, like it's a commodity they need to get to where they're going to. Right. But, you know, these people rob them of the gas. Right. And Theo James is like, F that. We're getting that gas back. Yeah. Um, they chase him down the car through like a burning forest. That was cool looking, actually. That was actually a cool scene. Yeah. But like she, it, being the person that like you know is in the passenger seat, Forrest Whitaker is like you know injured at the time. Right. She is one of the gun in her hands, like shoots out the tire. She murders a guy. Yeah. And is just like I can't deal with this in like a killer be kill scenario. Right. Understandably so. Yeah. And she's broken up over it, and mm-hmm. so I was like, I gotta be out of here. I can't be with you guys anymore. Yeah. Um, I'll be fine on my own and all that stuff. And then you think she'll pop back again. She doesn't. She doesn't. You just never hear from <laughs> her the ever winds. again. And I was like, she's got to come back at some point. Because at one point he's walking. And it was definitely uh, too far for her to have gone. But there's someone on like a dirt bike. And I was like, was that her? But no, it's just a person on a dirt bike. Oh, right. There's, he's just like walking on the road. Yeah. And like, you know, dude just passes on dirt bike. Like, howdy stranger. Howdy stranger. And they just keep moving. Like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I I just kept hope alive for so long. Because as the movie goes on, like, you know, you uh, when those three are together, it does feel like a little family a little bit. Yeah. Like, it feels like kind of nice. Like, oh, right. Like, they're, like, friendly to each other. Like, you know, they're not antagonistic. Like, but they're, they're not they're, 100% trusting either. Yeah. So you're waiting for, like, the other shoe to drop a little bit, a maybe. A little bit. But, like, they're making jokes. Like, they're being yeah, friends. There's like, an arc because you go from strangers to something else. Yeah. Like, in this then, world that's falling apart, they just kind of have each other right. right now. And then she just walks away. She just disappears. And she was the best character. She kind of was. Like, her character, oh. like, she was a mechanic. She had the most use to them at the moment. Oh, absolutely. To their journey. Yeah. Like, I'm the mechanic. I can fix this car when it breaks down. Totally. Like... Forrest Whitaker could shoot things, yes. and Theo James is a dude. Yeah, <laughs> he is a strong white male presence, <laughs> which you know can and be helpful in some situations for authority situations. Yeah, if, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then they finally get to <sighs> his fiance. Uh-huh. He, she's with this guy who used to be her neighbor, and he's bonkers. He has gone full creep mode. And it's only been like a day. It's been like a, a week. Or no, yeah, you're six right. days. Just like a, a full week. week. Yeah, it's it's a the World War Z situation all over again. God, you can't go straight to like sexual assault in hour four of the apocalypse. Yeah, in World War Z, if you haven't seen it, it's one of my favorite movies. I don't know why. It's one of my like fallback <laughs> movies, and it's I'm a, just like it's like comfort food a little bit. I don't know why. It's very intense, <laughs> and incredibly depressing, but. Um, it's, yeah, it's like at the very beginning of the movie, things are happening. Nobody even knows what's happening. Yeah. And, but everyone's just trying to get supplies because things aren't working and they go into this grocery store, Brad Pitt and his little family and his wife, all of a sudden you hear screaming because these guys are trying to rape her in the middle in front of like the eggs. It's insane. It's like, dudes, you need eggs right now. Okay. Get the milk and the eggs not rape yeah like it is insane like on my list of things to get for the apocalypse sex is not the right. top five it's not in the top five weaponry food medicine survive 
clothes, blankets. Like I mean, don't get me wrong, sex is like on the list, <laughs> but it's lower. It's like not in the top five, you know? It might be like seven or nine. Yeah, but you're not going to take it, all right? No. Like, I will politely ask and get permission. Yes. Um, anyone who's around. <laughs> sir, please, sir, help me. I want to shoot my gun in the air. Listen, I already, you see this grocery bag? I have the list. I'm all, I have all these things. <laughs> you, sir, are next. <laughs> like the, uh, from the insanity of that, from like just a logical standpoint of a character, but yeah. also like a writing standpoint, like yeah. because they did it to make Brad Pitt seem more heroic when he saves his right, wife. Right, right, right. It's like, come on, like he could have just easily stopped some dudes that were trying to rob someone of their stuff. Right, right, right. Like instead of like all these dudes almost committing like, you know, rape. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was very pointless. Anywho, sorry, we digress. Back to how it ends. How it ends. So he gets to his fiance, she's with this guy who I guess he was in he was uh uh in the car that Theo James had driven over. So what was he planning to do? Get out with their was he trying to look for a gun? I don't know what he was even trying to do. He was the dude was apparently like, oh no, Theo James is back in the picture. Uh. Like I need to kill him. I'm going to diverge from the plan <laughs> and shoot him in the face. And it's just like, oh sure whatever fine like it becomes this weird like love triangle thing at the end yeah. it's like well this is dumb and then what made me mad was the dust cloud of whatever coming after them at the end yeah the movie fucking ends <laughs> with he right after so theo james has to straight up murder this dude which at that point you're like fine who cares then he has to grab his wife because he things are happening mm-hmm. i don't know um and so they get into the car and they just start driving away. And there's a giant cloud of sand, violent sand, dirt. Yeah, it's like, it looks like volcanic ash rushing yeah. at them. Something's happening environmentally wise. But like, you never know what it is. You never no. explain what the event was that caused all When this. he drives into, was it LA that he's trying to get to? Uh, Seattle, I believe. Se- okay. Like, when they drive up there, like, it looks kind of post earthquake esque. Yeah, like um, buildings are messed mm-hmm. up and everything. And so the movie ends with them Ash like she's like falling from the yeah, sky. Yeah, yeah. With them like fucking holding hands or whatever and driving away. And that's it. Credits. And done. He's just like, We're gonna make it, babe. Uh, what? <laughs> and you indeed do not know how it ends because that's just it. Yeah. They they take away the title from you. It you was don't know. just like such a build up to nothing it really was it's like you're no better for, you, you you shouldn't have watched the movie because you learned nothing you got nothing no. out of it there was nothing it was infuriating like at the the only thing out of it was like oh i guess he did like forrest whitaker in the end <laughs> 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 that's it also like when he they stop i'm we've already spent too much time on this yeah oh movie. absolutely but when they stop at like his random friend's house mm-hmm. that was like that was blocked off like what was the point of that like, they get supplies. And s- oh, he leaves the people there. Or, no. No, he doesn't leave anyone. I think it's to offer the idea of temptation. Like, this oh. woman who's there, who's lost her husband, who's there all alone, he's, he may never get back to his to, to his wife. Right. He left the other people at his old his dad's old house. And yeah. And he went to this other house. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I thought he goes to two different houses. He goes he to two like, 
different houses. He stops at the small house, Ugh. like, and meets his friend, like his, but his right is his friend's wife essentially. Right. And I thought that was like to offer like the idea of temptation. You could stay here. It's safe here. Like well, you know. Because also I was like, is there a little sexy thing happening? It here? seemed like th- there there was some tension there. There was some heat, some and sweat Forrest on Whitaker brows. And Forrest was doing a little side eye. Like, what's going on well, over here? Well, he's always doing a little side eye. He was. That's true. I am. But sorry, he was Forrest checking Whitaker. those periffs, being like, <laughs> hey. Remember the point of us doing this? Mm-hmm. Do not sleep with this random lady. Yeah. And so like, then she's just, they just are like, we gotta go. We just took a bunch of your stuff. Uh, sorry, you're sad. Mm-hmm. And they drive off. Bye. It's just detour after detour to Leading nothing. to nothing. <laughs> but to lead to a good Forrest Whitaker thing, mm. I saw Sorry to Bother You uh, oh, no in way. theaters. How was it? It was good, but super weird. It's a very weird movie. That is like the asterisk to it. I would I put on this. <laughs> um, it's just it's fun. Like mm-hmm. it's a fun movie. It's really funny. Um, directed oh, by okay. Boots Riley. Um, to give like a quick description of the movie is, um, it is about a guy that works at a call center, um, and he is given the opportunity to do more at this call center. However, this business that he works for is in some really shady things, and it's a lot about the what are you willing are you willing to sacrifice who you are to just make more money mm. and hurt other people, mm. kind of. Oh, but okay. it's also about a lot more than that. It has a lot to say about labor and race, mm-hmm. um, but also being very funny at the same time. I didn't know it was going to be funny yeah That's it's cool. it's a funny movie uh it's got lakeith Stanfield. it's hard to know what to expect because even from the trailer you oh, can't yeah. get a good grasp on it that trailer doesn't tell you much yeah. um not that it's a bad trailer but it oh, doesn't, no, tell, yeah. doesn't tell you much about it the definitely movie, gets really. you interested yeah yeah um it's like bright it's fast it's yeah, loud yeah. it's like oh, what's this about um but yeah it stars lakeith stanfield from atlanta mm, um so and, and get out mm-hmm. um tessa thompson uh oh, steve yoon from uh walking I didn't dead know he was in it he's in it he's real fun in it actually he's fun in everything i love um, that guy he uh, plays like a, a a good, a very good man, but also like a rival love interest sort of. Uh-huh. Um, it's got um, what's his name? Uh, Jermaine uh, Fowler from uh, Success Donuts. And he's on uh, Crashing too, uh, as well. Like with oh, the, okay, yeah. Um, Army Hammer's in it. Um, That's right. Oh, so handsome. Danny Glover. Um, you got the voices of Patton Oswalt and David right. Cross as well. Um, it's really good, and but and it, it looks like a um, Michelle Gondry movie, sort of like the guy that made uh, Eternal Su- Sunshine. I never saw Eternal Sunshine. It's a drama about love. Why would I watch it? It's a really touching drama about love I and know. memory. Um, it's I would say it's a hard watch if if you're going through something like. <laughs> but, Which like what am I not? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I know because so many a surprising number of things reference it. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't mustered up whatever emotions I need to be able to sit down and watch it. (laughs) I remember seeing it for the first time, like, the early days of Hulu. This is, like, 2008 or something like that. And, like, there were so many commercials, but still, like, a good movie. Or should I say Hulu? Gross. (laughs) Gross. Yuck. Definitely (laughs) worth interrupting you mid-train of thought. Yes, sorry, continue. But um, it looks like a a Michelle Gondry movie or like um, a Terry Gilliam movie, like uh, Brazil, um, which is a similar comedy about bureaucracy in a workplace and just like breaking free all that. Um, Forrest Whitaker produced the movie. Oh, I didn't know Um, that. That's cool. Yeah, it was like, oh, you have your hand in some some cool things that people don't expect. Mm. Like he produced the movie A Dope. Um, He did? Yeah, like he was a big part of that happening. That's very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's also the narrator in that movie too, but um, but um, yeah. Sorry to bother you. It's set like primarily in Oakland. Um, the setting is really cool. 
the characters are really cool. It feels like I would want to work with all of these people. Like all the people that I mentioned work in the same place. Yeah, yeah. It's like this seems like a really cool workplace to be I in. I mean, I'd love to work with Army Hammer. <laughs> he, I think you would enjoy these characters for different reasons than I would enjoy <laughs> these characters. But uh, yeah. He is funny and gr- creepy in it. Army Hammer? Oh, yeah. Big time creep in this movie. Mm. You, that does not seem to deter you at all. <laughs> Why would it? <laughs> Have you seen that tall drink of water? He's, he's like, crazy tall. He's and, like six. I saw him in an interview. I think he's like six five or something ridiculous. What was funny is when I was watching the movie, mm-hmm. it's like, this dude has a perfect voice. It's insane. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but that aside... um, it does take a very weird turn. Oh. There's a twist that occurs. Okay. Let's um, not go into it. Cause I oh, no. I'm not going to talk anything about the twist. A twist occurs, and, it's, and it asks the viewer, you still with us? Oh. If you're still with us at this point, you're going to enjoy the rest of this. Mm. If you're not, you might not like this movie. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah. That was a thing that I saw. That's, a, like, the last thing I saw in theaters recently. Okay. Um, I watched three. I'm going to just put them all together, okay. which is probably unfair. Mm-hmm. But I went into a bit of a like a, a Middle East. Uh, oh, no. Just the two of these things together. Um, I watched Beirut with John Hamm. Okay. And I also watched 12 Strong with uh, Michael Shannon. And um, what's his face from Ant-Man? Michael Pena. Yep. Love him. Um, Michael Shannon loves acting. Michael's Michael B. Jordan, Michael Pena. <laughs> like, <laughs> Listen, there are a lot of great Michaels out there. And Michael Pena, I'm looking at him now like, mm, Michael, I see you. <laughs> I you know, I love tiny Latino slash Spanish men. And he fits right in there. He... When I say tiny, they're still taller than me. They're like 5'7". <laughs> but like, mm. Anywho, um, they're both exactly what you think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, 12 Strong, it's a true story, which is fucking incredible um, what they do. Um, but, yeah, they... I actually was a little bit surprised by Beirut. Um, basically, uh, John Hamm and his wife... Uh, they lived in Beirut and then uh, and they were going to adopt kind of adopt take in really take care of this uh, local child Mm -hmm. um, who didn't have much family except for one uncle who was affiliated with some terrorism okay Um, and then one night the uncle comes back and it's very violent and his John Hamm's wife dies um, and the uncle takes the kid Okay. Um, cut to X number of years later. Uh, they ask John Hamm, and it's basically like a bunch of spies, essentially, mm-hmm. who are living over there, Americans and British, um, because they're looking for the uncle because he's a big-time terrorist now. Um, and so John Hamm gets roped into it, and he ends up working with the kid who's now an adult oh so a lot of time passes in this yeah like 10 or 15 years i think um and so it's not trying to at least from what i can remember i don't think it's trying to be preachy or anything Mm -hmm. it's just that things are very complicated over there okay no one's 
all good, no one's all bad. Okay. Um, Displaying like, like a lot of shades of gray of like yes, this area. Between like... what on both sides. Um, okay, because that movie got like a lot of criticism before it, it came did. out insofar as just like, just based on the trailer. I and mean, like, I think people were just very unsure of like, well, what is this trying to portray exactly? Because some of it is, I'm sure, very stereotypical in terms of how they're characterizing terrorism and like Middle Eastern people. I'm not so well educated and well versed in it enough mm-hmm. to have a educated opinion about it. Um, but from what this very basic human, i.e. me, mm-hmm. could take from it is just that it's complicated. Okay. There are rights and wrongs all over the place. Okay. Um, and John Hamm's handsome. <laughs> <laughs> um, when in doubt, just rely that John Hamm is going to be handsome, all right? Yes. Um, and then 12 Strong, it was it was good. Um, Chris Hemsworth was looking good. Um yeah, it's these amazing guys that right after September 11th, um, they have to go in and they thought it was going to be like a real open and shut case in terms mm-hmm. of like, if we get these guys, like war is over, mm-hmm. guys, um, which obviously is not the case. Um, but it's he and um, 11 other dudes who are trying to, oh man, it's a long time ago now. I can't remember perfectly. They're trying to blow up these guys, basically. And they have to team up with local um, tribes mm-hmm. uh, in Afghanistan. And The 12 dudes, are they all like stars in their own right? Is this like the Magnificent Seven of like these um, kinds of films? Or is it just, because it's based on a r- real thing. Right. They're all like hardcore dudes. Okay. But Chris Hemsworth has actually never been in like a war oh. but he's higher up okay i don't know all right so he's like a, an officer essentially right. that's like never really seen any to, kind of like, fighting gain their trust and stuff oh, okay see i imagine if he said like he's never been in war like that sounds like more like a luke hemsworth role really <laughs> but okay um so yeah they go in there and um they're able to even though there's a lot of complications along the way they're able to complete their mission mm-hmm. and yeah okay it was fine. I just was on a flight and I needed to watch something. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth's beautiful face popped up and I was like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll do this. Speaking of watching things on planes, yes. I did see a comedy on a plane. I saw Blockers. Me too. <laughs> it was so good. It was like totally fine. Like I, I enjoyed it. I, I think I'm also easily entertained on planes. I just need something. I had a choice. I was like, hmm, I love dogs or Blockers. <laughs> I'll go with Blockers. <laughs> I tried Isle of Dogs when I fell asleep. <laughs> mm. I was totally down to see that movie. Like, I love Wes Anderson's animated stuff. Well, mm. he's only directed one animated movie before that, the uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, right. which is so cool. Mm. Um, but I said, like, you know what? Yeah, I want to watch Blockers. Because like, I'm never going to watch it otherwise. Yeah, like, I don't know if I'd, like, track it down, like, you yeah. know, in any other method. But, like, I'm on a plane, screw it, I'm watching Blockers. Yeah. And I thought they'd censor a bunch of stuff, but it wasn't. It was pretty, no. like, okay, this is everything. Yeah. All right. Hope no kids are sitting next to me. <laughs> um... It was, like, fun. Like, the whole premise of the movie being, like, you know, these three parents um, who don't want their three teenage daughters to lose their virginity on prom night. Um, And they do everything in their power to try and stop them from Mm -hmm. doing that because they are hovering over their kids. Um, I was surprised the most in that cast, I think, by Ike Barinholtz. Like, he does steal the show, in my opinion. I mean... He, I always enjoy when he pops up in things. He's mm-hmm. so funny. On the Mindy Project, he's hilarious. Like, he's also one of the writers on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
that is a show I should watch. It has all the things I like in it. I know, same. I stuck <laughs> with, like, I just, again, it's one of those shows that when I do see it, it's hilarious and I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I don't stick with it. It's like I just never even, like, sat down and watched an episode. Like, I love Minnie Kaling. Like, I love, like, the premise of the show, like, the idea that she's, like, a doctor just, like, you know, trying to get along her life. Yeah. And, like, the fact that it, you know, got canceled for Fox and Found Life Again on Hulu, like, mm-hmm. it sounds like a good thing to watch, but I just never really sat down and watched it. Yeah. Um, I think Blockers suffered a little bit from its title. I think yeah. if they had just given it a better title, more people would have seen it, which is unfortunate. Absolutely. Um, credit to the uh, the teenage actors in the movie. Like, they were really they fun. They were so great. And I liked, it's literally, I think, the first portrayal of teenagers that felt so much more realistic. Mm-hmm. And especially for teenage girls, like, they're not shallow. They're not stupid. They're very fun, but they're not, they're smart, normal kids mm-hmm. who, I find in a lot of movies with teenagers, they have weird amounts of freedom and they they can go to all these I, places. <laughs> they have all these cars. <laughs> they're going on adventures at like midnight. Like, I didn't go on midnight, well, maybe like once, like go on midnight adventures all across town when I was a kid. Like, what? Like, why my parents, are parents knew tra- absolutely where yeah. I was. Like, I, what? So for this, it's just like a very kind of normal pretty much relationships with their parents and mm-hmm. normal amounts of freedom and how they talk to each other and stuff is totally how kids kind of talk to each other. Yeah. I say that as if I know kids these days. I don't. Like, I'm, I'm, down, I'm hip with what the children are into. Yeah. <laughs> you those, know what they like. Youths. How they eat and, and whatnot. mobile telephones. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a really nice portrayal in, of the girls and the decisions that they make are like cool mm-hmm. my favorite bit of that movie is like when ike brownholz like breaks down like has like a serious like yeah. conversation just like you know and it feels like it just talks about like hey no one ever takes the guy side in divorce it's true and like it's just there are more questions to be asked right. in that situation like it is tempting to go ahead and just take the side of like you know the, the, the lady in right. that situation however no one ever asked me what happened like right. you guys all just assume like i was the one that did a bad thing yes i did a bad thing yeah. but also i'm not the only one to blame in this right, right, right. and he just had a very earnest conversation with them that was of course upended by something ridiculous happening right, right after <laughs> but it was just like oh wow like baron holt's coming with the, the heat here like yeah. in a very serious way i was like i liked it um john cena was good in it um he was he's always fun he's always fine to see yeah. um leslie man was great but i just wish she had more physical comedy to do in it she didn't like all the yeah. the things that happened ike baronholtz and john cena like n- nothing crazy like that happened to her in the film you know i think i'm okay with it because mm-hmm. like yeah just leave the lady alone <laughs> i feel those like idiots but <laughs> I, you know women do enough i feel like in a post bridesmaids world like you're allowed to do physical comedy in a crazy, fun way that like people don't expect. Yeah. So I think that'd have been cool to see. Granted, she didn't have to, she didn't have to butt chug yeah. like John Cena did, but like she didn't even like take a pratfall. Really, she got like mildly electrically shocked towards the end of the film. I'm okay with it. I support it. <laughs> you do enough. You you made babies. That is true. She's made several babies. So, um. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like John Cena being kind of more like an uptight guy who like tucks his shirt in and stuff. Yes, it's tucks his shirt cute. into his shorts. Yeah. Um, I like that he still wears shorts even in his yeah. wrestling to his acting. Cannot leave the shorts behind. <laughs> I I think because so much of what I had watched also had been relatively heavy that it was nice to see a very silly thing. Yeah, absolute that popcorn. managed to still have some heart to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Um, what else have you seen? Uh, let's see, let's see. 
I have been watching a lot of Queer Eye. Okay. It is so goddamn good. Mm -hmm. It's so uplifting. Mm -hmm. It they stay super positive, which is great. Um, it's like uh, I feel like it gives me British Bake Off vibes. It's just positive, right? And bright. Um, and the guys are lovely. Uh, that's going to be, I think, my assignment for you. I'll check out some episodes. Like, uh, because you, like, it's... And I'm learning things. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they really kind of get to the heart of the matter with people. And they don't shy away from um, some heavier topics, which is good. Right. Um, especially because it is in a positive space. So mm -hmm. it's not... Um, doesn't go into negative things or really. It's just like some like um uh the church and its treatment sometimes of homosexuals mm -hmm. not great and so they get into that a little bit okay um that's heavier than one would expect well that one would expect right. from a reality show right um but it's all done very respectfully mm -hmm. and yeah it's lovely like the way you described it to me was like it's a more holistic approach it is to like yeah. you know changing someone's life around as opposed to yeah. throwing something on them like you're going to be this now it's like right. no who do you want to be and how can we help you be that they really try to learn about the person mm -hmm. um and they're not trying to make them into someone they're not they're just trying to kind of enhance the person that they are right um so yeah i think it's quite nice okay it makes me happy when i watch it i watched both seasons i just ran right through them okay yeah um staying in the world of netflix and things that are netflix um, I'll talk about two things. One thing very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. one thing that is subcategorized into three things, I guess. Um, I finished out the most recent seasons of Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and Flash, and I see your face of like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you who cares. Me. All right. Um, and I'll go very quickly over the three. Yeah, I'll uh, go quickly. It's fine. But yeah, I'm sure no one cares who's listening to this as well. But again, I care. <laughs> um, Legends winds up being the best show of the three uh, as far as that season. They know exactly what they are. They stick more to humor and comedy and have a great time doing it. Um, Arrow, some real dumb decisions, I think, happened writing-wise. Oh, really? Towards the end Arrow? Of that. Interesting. What out a of fucking what show. Otherwise, was a pretty decent season. There are some pretty silly decisions that happened towards the end that will make for an interesting season next season depending on how they play it but they apparently made the, deci the decision to renew it which is the wrong decision it right is a there. strong show with a very strong fan base all right <laughs> Stephen amell can do no wrong in my eyes um and then the flash um the third uh of the three that i've completed it was totally fine i liked that they had a villain this season that wasn't just about can the flash be faster than this guy <laughs> which is the essentially the the big thing of all the prior seasons. Just Can he outrun this dude? Fast people? There are many people like him who are very fast. Oh my god. But, like, in this season, it's like, alright, here's someone that is just smarter than you and everyone you know. Like, how can you outthink and outplan this mm. villain? And they do a good job over the course of, like, you know, 23 episodes. It's a long-ass season. But... Oh, that is a long season. They all have very long seasons. Are they... 30-minute shows? They are hour-long shows. What? They have the schedule of, like, a school year. Damn. And even... And you would like to think, oh, they got summers off. Not really. It's, like, you're year-round working, which means great money. You're yeah, always getting paid. But, like, at the same time, like, it's got to be hard to, like, find work outside of that. Mm. Um, but that being said, 
Flash, I think, had the best, one of the best villains they had so far. Hmm. Um, and moving on to other Netflix things, I finished Orange is the New Black uh, season six, I think it was, the most oh recent God. season. Um, it's fine, but it's a little meandering. Um, at this Anytime point, time you get that far, once you get past season four or something, mm-hmm. I feel like anything past that, it's always a bit of a stretch. And the show has definitely had ups and downs. Like, um, the, the strength of the show is the characters, um, and they all do such a great job. Um, but sometimes like the scenarios that they put them in just feels like a little ridiculous. Mm. Um, a big thing on the show in prior seasons was like, you know, all right, this is a minimum security prison. Like, you know, the crimes that you did to get here are not, like, capital offenses or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, you're not going to be in, like, you know, serious max security jail or not max security prison. And a riot happens in the previous season that forces all of them. Everyone's going to max at this oh. point. And you think, like, That's oh, shit. Like That's the, cool. Yeah. And you think, cool okay. Cool when I say uh, plot-wise. I could plot do wise, a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's a big shake-up and changes the whole. <laughs> like, not like, oh, great. All these bitches are going to prison. <laughs> that is not what I meant. <laughs> It's a it's a big shakeup in the sense of um you know all a lot right of potential for interesting yeah crazy new characters yeah. like you know new scenarios like the same groups are not going to be together anymore mm-hmm. and they do a lot of that but they take some of the teeth out of the big scariness of like maximum security prison mm. because it's a comedy yes yeah. one and two like in the entire time of like you know we're at the minimum security prison for the prior, prior five seasons like you know they always like, treat that like the big bad wolf. Like, you do not want to go to maximum security. It will break you. And now you're there. And now you're there. It's like, oh, this isn't that bad. Like, oh. it's, how is it that much different than being up the hill? So it's like, oh, okay, sure. Mm. Um, but outside of that, you know, great character work from everyone. Uh, some nice fun moments. Some really downer moments. Um, some characters get out. I won't spoil anything for anyone. Some characters get out that you didn't think would ever get out. Um, some characters get into worse positions than you think. Hmm. Um, the main character, quote unquote, the main character, they focus on everyone, I think, in a hmm. very equal way, or like, you know, they try to have a couple main characters a season. Um, uh, the main character, Piper, um, I forget the actress that plays her, but. Yeah, pretty blonde lady number 44. Yeah, she also went to Fordham. <laughs> um, oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, but. Her character consistently is annoying throughout the entire season. Here's the thing. Mm. I, because once, when that show first came out, people were losing their minds about it. So I was like, oh, okay. I'll, it's not really something I would usually be interested in, mm-hmm. just generally, um, thematically wise. But, um, so I started to watch it and I could not even get halfway through that first episode because she was so annoying. And I was like, if this is who I have to follow mm-hmm. through this journey, I'm going to hurt somebody because I'm just going to punch something <laughs> whatever is near me um and i realized soon afterwards that they do focus on like a pretty big cast but mm-hmm. it, i just wasn't feeling it i'd say it serves a character sometimes most of the time it doesn't um this season she was a lot less annoying than she had been in previous seasons that was all i was gonna say about her annoyance yeah um overall i don't know if you don't jump in at this point <laughs> like it's just it's so like you have to watch so much like to just know who people are know yeah. why they're there um but it's i'll always say the third season is the worst season this season was just fine so the third season is the worst season it's really bad so do you think two and four were good um two was great two is their best season okay four was great four was actually really good five totally different feeling Mm. good six fine like um but if i had to rank it two is the best okay um but yeah uh what else have you been looking at and we can take a break right now. 
and we will be back with you in a moment. Hey there, this is Jason Simmons of the Observer Report Podcast. Just want to take some time to say thanks for listening to the show. And just letting you know that we're available on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. Um, if you have time, visit us at onrpodcast.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at onrpodcast. And uh, if you have any questions, concerns, uh, inquiries, uh, complaints, don't send us complaints. Uh, you can send those to uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for your time, and uh, keep listening to the show. All right, and we're back. I hope we're back from a very another sultry <laughs> ad by Jason trying to convince you to subscribe and rate the podcast with like seductive tones and some like smooth jazz in the background. I use the score from I Am Legend in the back of that. No ad. way. Yeah. Was there a seduction scene in I Am Legend? Because no. I was very like, oh, <laughs> when I listened to it. Like, What's happening right now? It is a song of loneliness and reflection. Oh, <laughs> that says a lot about me thinking that it's romantic. <laughs> I'm like lighting candles in a bathroom. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, Bill Smith's face is getting ripped off by zombies. Oh, boy. I record that at 1 a.m. while oh. very tired. Oh, no. I'm sorry. My it's bladder right. apologizes it's for being small. Totally. Fine. Um, okay, getting back into it. Get back into it. Other things mm-hmm. I have seen. Incredibles two. Oh, okay. Our flight. I still got need delayed. to see that. Yeah, <laughs> Megan and um and my flight got delayed a lot, mm-hmm. and so we were just killing time in San Jose. Okay. Um, and it was playing, so we're like, <laughs> and I forgot what the other movie was. But it, we had, like, missed the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had been wanting to see Incredibles 2. So I was like, guess what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, we're seeing Incredibles 2, aren't we? And I was like, yeah, we are. I can imagine you, like, both being there with, like, your luggage in the theater like, and seats <laughs> next to you. <laughs> um, and it was so good. Okay. It was um, really funny. And um, I actually liked it better than the first one. In the gap of 14 years, did it feel like, you know a lot had changed for like in as far as your experience watching it or i don't think so okay um it looks amazing just like the animation in and of of itself like uh there's something with water i can't remember Mm -hmm. um but i was just like are we there were some scenes that if there hadn't been characters in them Mm -hmm. i would have thought that we were looking at reality like it's insane what they can do with those computers these days <laughs> those kids oh my god and their computers <laughs> it's amazing um i i have always referred to the to incredibles as like the best fantastic four movie yeah <laughs> um it's harder <laughs> for marvel to get together for a fantastic four movie but disney got it right or pixar got it right i yeah. should say with uh, the incredibles like they did how do you feel it it ranks or like relates to like other superhero films that have come out like this summer or something like that you know like, oh i mean it's hard well it's a kid's movie so it's kind of hard to it, do you feel like it plays to all ages well or does it like air more I on the side so. of kids it okay. was funny um especially because um a lot of it has to do with they touch on some um they kind of i don't know if it's subtle but it's kind of somewhat subtly touch on some issues like um how the woman is now out working and the father is home and okay. he feels like he's 
kind of missing out on the action and he feels like he should be in it because he's the man and did they do it in a way where, like, he's bad at the home stuff, or was it he like doing his best? Really, he was doing his best, and he and he does spoilers. He does. This is not much of a spoiler, but um, like he struggles at first, but then he adapts and he figures it out, and okay, he has good relationships with his kids and stuff. So okay. it's just kind of dealing with the role of reversal that a lot of people are experiencing these days. Um, in kind of a nice way. Well, that's cool, actually. Yeah. Like, I was afraid it was going to be, like, way too tropey and just be like, well, you know, the guy can't handle the home stuff. Which is what it kind of starts off with, but partially, it's not just, like, a normal home. It's Jack-Jack, who has right, every crazy power powers <laughs> that is really funny how uh-huh. they deal with it. Um, and so, yeah, and then she's out, like, kicking ass, mm-hmm. which is also awesome to see. Um, which is a total reversal of the last film, where in which it was like right. Mr. Incredible going out and like you know being a hero again while his wife is at home like taking care of her superpower children. But who then she also has to like go and save him. Yeah, which is cool. Um, the kids are great. Yeah, it's um, and they get a little dig in at the end um, that it was so unexpected, and Meg and I were both like, "What?" But like, good. Um, I don't think it's really much of a spoiler because it's just a random line mm-hmm. about. Um, of, oh, I can't, I can't say it because I don't want to spoil it for you. Actually. Okay, then then don't. I heard when uh, you do say when you do see it, we'll talk about it. I again. also heard about like an aside line towards the end of the film, which was that like, is what it Wait is. a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just like oh, oh shit. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm very curious now. You'll I... absolutely know what it is mm-hmm. when it comes up. All right. And you'll probably be like, oh yeah. All right. <laughs> I got it. I really have to check this movie out. Like I fun. did not pull the trigger on it. I've been so busy. It is long. <laughs> I will say that. I think uh-huh. it was probably like a solid two hours. Which is fine. Like um, it's been 14 years. I want two hours of movies. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk is a voice in it, which is cool. He is killing it all over the place this year. Like And uh, Catherine Keener. Oh, awesome. I could not. Megan, one of her superpowers is being able to pick out voices. Okay. I'm good at it because um just because i watch so much stuff mm-hmm. but we were sitting there and i was like i know that voice megan what is that voice mm-hmm. and she got it, it was katherine keener okay and she has a great voice in it um but yeah it's really fun all super right fun yeah super fun <laughs> <laughs> sorry um speaking of and keeping i guess with the theme of animated things hmm. um one thing that i saw that came back um Again, I guess this is deep nerd stuff, um, but Attack on Titan Season 3. Um, oh. Attack on Titan, of course, being the popular anime show. Um, it's like super like hardcore bloody. Yeah. Because right? I think I started to watch it and was like, oh my god. It's very bloody, very grim. Imagine, uh, I could say it, it's like a steampunk walking dead, sort of, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, but imagine the zombies being 40 feet tall. Um, they and, look really cool and like naked like yeah. it's terrifying to look at like it's really visually scary stuff okay i said they look really cool and then you mentioned the naked part i forgot about the naked part yeah it's very so it's when really i say creepy. they look really cool i was thinking about their faces yes i mean there's <laughs> and also like it's <laughs> Please a, don't think i'm weird <laughs> it's a weird homunculi kind of thing where like there's yeah. no genitals like oh. visible or anything like that like, i don't think i even got far enough yeah to see that it's just like this weird simulacrum of like a 40 foot human being with a terrifying face Ooh. it's weird to describe mm. but outside of that like season three just started and myself and i feel other people that have watched the show have like waned a little bit on it mm-hmm. um there was a three-year gap between season one and season two i didn't know it was a show i thought it was a movie oh no it's a show oh okay. um it's an animated show um 
there was a three-year gap between season one and season two. Season one shocked everyone. Oh, my God, it's so good. Season two, like, everyone waiting with bated breath for three years. It finally comes. It's like, oh, well, it looked pretty, but what did we really accomplish here? Mm. It was half the length of the first season. Mm. Um, and a lot of questions. There are a lot of mysteries in this show. A lot of questions weren't really answered. Just oh, further, okay. kind of. Season three, they come back a year after season two. So they learn that lesson. Yeah. One. Two, it's the same length as the first season, 26 episodes. Three, um, it looks like they want to answer questions now. Oh, good. Um, it's very heavy on the political intrigue stuff. Oh. Um, it is a world that, you know, is set in the future, but, like, also the past in the sense of, like, an apocalypse happened and all we could do is just build back to, like, this level of technology. Like, we've oh. lost so much information. Um as a result of like you know the what happened before that brought us to this point um hmm. but it's a weird show but also intriguing okay i'd recommend it to someone if you're looking for like an animated thing to watch it's crazy i'd watch that how do you watch it sorry. on hulu it's actually on hulu oh okay yeah um but yeah what have you been checking out outside of incredibles um i watched uh i've started watching deadwood Oh, okay. Um, I downloaded a bunch of it before my trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm maybe three or four episodes in. Okay. Uh, it's good. Um, it's not the fastest moving show, if you will. Oh, I don't think it would be, no. Um, I think I'm just used to the intensity of so many HBO shows. Like, we have a point we need to get to right now. Like, there's a mystery that needs to be solved. There's a question that needs to be answered. I, yeah, and like... They're very, um, like, The Wire, even though it's not necessarily fast-moving at first, like, it's pretty intense and there's a lot going on that you can right. really latch on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Westworld is very intense. Um, it's not necessarily their pacing that's fast, but something about it, like, they're just very it full. There's a like lot. feels like going somewhere. Yes. Every episode is a full meal. Right. Um, whereas Deadwood, it may not doesn't feel as much that way okay um but it's good i'm sticking with it um yeah just kind of getting through it here and there okay i just heard about like you know great performances on that show oh you haven't watched it i've not really watched any of it i watched like one episode that was recommended to me about an insane like 10 minute long fight that happens between two characters oh um which happens like i think in like season three or something like that but like i just hear overall the show was like undersung while i was on not critically, hmm. but just viewership-wise. Yeah. Um, and that if you like Western-themed stuff, it's a thing you should really check out. All the acting is great. Mm-hmm. Timothy Olfant has a great face. You mean Josh Demel? No, I mean Timothy Olfant. They're the same person to me. I get that. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are quite similar. Um... Oh, now I'm just thinking about both our handsome faces. Mm. I watched that show Las Vegas for too long just because I... Oh, God. Shut up. (laughs) Who doesn't love James Caan? (laughs) And, like, Rebecca Romaine or whoever the hell else was on that show. Josh Jumel running around town. Um, But, uh, so, yeah, the general plot is that... um, Oh, who's the other guy? John Fox? John Hawks. John Hawks? Yeah. From uh, Eastbound Down in Lincoln? From, yes. Okay. Um, I didn't know he was on Eastbound Down. Yeah, he plays uh, Danny McBride's brother. 
No way. Who's so he's very straight laced and a family man. Yeah. And Danny McBride is obviously not. He's Danny McBride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So he and um. I almost said Josh Duhamel. God damn you, yeah. Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> um. They Timothy Oliphant used to be a cop or mm-hmm. a sheriff, I should say, because it's the old west. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to say that it's an old West times. Cause like, I don't know when the <laughs> fuck that is. 1800 something. There aren't cars. We're still doing the horse thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they, Josh Jamal used to be a cop. I only mentioned that because he's good with the old pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and John Hawks, they are pals and they go to the small, mm-hmm. uh, like gold rush type of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just want to set up, a small business to sell like gold rush tools and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ian McShane plays the local, uh, he's like owns a bar slash brothel and he's, um, he's, he's the man kind of, he, um, uh, kind of like blackmails people a lot mm-hmm. and like has his fingers in a lot of pots and is the center of a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. Um, He's uh, definitely not, like, a good guy. <laughs> oh, he doesn't seem like it from like, yeah, all no. the ads I remember that show. He seems yeah. like the, the mover and shaker of the town. He is very much a mover and a shaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, oh, uh, Wild Bill Hickok is a character. I don't okay. know who plays him. Um, and so he's also in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a bunch of people in town uh, doing stuff in their long underwear. <laughs> you know. Um, and things happen. Okay. But so far, so good. All right. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm, I should check it out at some point. It's there on HBO yeah. forever. The main thing that happens, at least in this first season for me now, is a family, because there are a lot of people, robbers on the road, just because mm-hmm. people are going out there with their little oxen mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, what was that video game when we were kids? Uh, Oregon Trail? Yeah, they're yeah. Oregon trailing it. Mm-hmm. Their oxen are forging the rivers and dying in there and whatever the hell. Um, so this family um, is murdered on the road. Ooh. And they people try to blame it on the Native Americans. But really, it might be um, some inside dealing with old Ian, Ian McShane. Ian McShane, I imagine he smells how he looks. Like just like <laughs> old leather and whiskey. <laughs> Like, and cigars and cigars like yeah. just and like some prostitute vagina yeah yeah sorry sex worker yes. like he not say he's a bad person he just looks like he smells a very particular kind of way he definitely does <laughs> but he's also very like charismatic and kind of an electric guy to yeah watch. he seems like he'd be a great person like to hear a story from like mm-hmm. he seems like a cool person to be around but man you but got you a also, certain smell about and you don't want to piss him off yeah like yeah. if you're in his good grace is awesome but don't ever be on his bad side. He's got that dark hair and those green eyes. I'm a little bit like, Ian, He feels know. like he wears a lot of rings and has several knives on him at any yes. point in time. I like, do I, do I have feelings for you? I don't know. I'm still working <laughs> through them. He's like a living pirate is what he feels like. He is. I don't know if he was ever in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but he, he looks like he fit in been. easily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he could have been like Jack Sparrow's dad. Yeah. He's not old enough, but like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Um. So yeah, Deadwood, good stuff. Gonna okay. stick with it, but um, I'm also not like running to it anytime soon. 
Okay. I'm uh, assuming it gets better. I think kind of how the wires it starts off slow and it has to just like establish characters and when it hooks you, you're then, in. Yeah, I'm um, hoping that's what it is. Keeping in the HBO world, mm-hmm. I've been watching Sharp Objects on oh how is on it? HBO. Uh, it's good. It is very good. Um, that doesn't strike me as your type of show. I wouldn't strike me as that either necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just sat down and watched it off of just like all the ads I've been seeing. I was going to say they've been doing a crap ton of advertising. Yeah. Just Amy Adams, beautiful ginger face, all over town, yeah, everywhere. Um, but that being said, it's it's really well made. Hmm. Um, visually speaking, it looks super cool. What's the setting? Uh, the setting is Missouri, uh, oh, Southern okay. Missouri, okay. Uh, Wind Gap. Um, it's and what's funny is like oh, in- Wind Gap, Missouri again. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we stopped getting movies set oh, in Wingap, sir. Oh my god. Jesus. It's like, come on, okay, we don't all live there. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, it's a cool place to be, but It's the hip happening place. <sighs> Obviously, but you Stop know, my dream shoving it down my throat. One day I'll be there, but you know, to, to only dream. But that being said, like um it is about Amy Adams. She is from there originally. She has moved to St. Louis, which they refer to as like the the big, the big city. city. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And she's like, you know, going back to like cover this murder as ordered by like, her editor. Um, and to cover the, a series Where is of, she living? She's living in, uh, in St. Louis. Oh, she's living in St. Louis. Yeah, but she, she I think was... you just said that and then my brain shut off for a moment. I'm very sorry. <laughs> so she's from that town originally. Okay. There's a series of murders happening there. She's a reporter. She's going back to investigate. Um, and it mirrors something that happened when she was a kid, when she oh, was a teenager at the okay. same time. Um, and the people being murdered are like, you know, teenage girls. Okay. Um, what's cool is that her character is like hard smoking, hard mm. drinking, just a very flawed character. Like, yeah, she didn't look super stoked about yeah. life in the ads. Like she's got family issues and like, you know, she is like has body issues as far as like she cuts herself and all that stuff. Oh, um, I get you girl. But despite all of that, what I like is that it doesn't mean because she has all these flaws that she's still not someone that can fight for justice mm. and like, you know, still do good things. Mm-hmm. Like it just because she'll like, OK, you're flawed. So what? You still doesn't mean you're a bad person. Yeah. Like and I think it fills the gap that people wanted of True Detective season two. Oh. Like in that True Detective season one was very Southern Gothic, very yes. like, you know, focusing on like, you know, the weirdness and yeah. beauty of like, you know, the land of the South or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what season two of true detective didn't deliver people wanted from it it's like no no this is a hard-boiled la detective story right like this i think fills that gap where it's like we don't really know what's going on here there are a lot of players involved like you know it could we see people that could be suspects and also we're delving back into the life of this person and we're getting like a little philosophical about what it means to like leave where you grew up are you still the same person can you change Mm. um so i think you get elements of things that people want in true detective season two very cool um visually speaking there's some cool things going on they'll show you a scene from like the don't 80s. say too much because i'm definitely gonna watch it no no I'll, this is just describing like you know what things that they do as far as like transitioning like you, they'll, they'll put you in the mood of like you know a scene when she was a teenager mm-hmm. and then immediately her older self is in the room and mm-hmm. like the transition has occurred so quickly and seamlessly that you didn't even realize oh, okay, like they cool. do really cool things like that um and it's just like oh wow like that was a really cool transition. I've not seen something like that before, personally. Like, nice. blending the past and the present because these two events did happen in mm-hmm. the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that's like a really smart way to use your actors, your setting, and just the camera. Segways into... Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, um, it's not done... It's supposed to be a miniseries, but it feels kind of longish, actually. Oh, really? Um, I think they're on the fifth episode. Okay. Um, I think it only has like maybe 
eight. Okay. Um, so it should be done soon. I don't think there's going to be like another continuation of this. Oh. Um, and Homegirl, I forget her name from who wrote uh, Gone Baby Gone. Uh, not Gone Baby Gone. Excuse me. That wrote. Um, uh, crap. Why can't Gone I Girl. Gone Girl. Yes. Uh, she is the writer of this show, or at oh, least wrote okay. the story for the show. Oh, is um, it? It's not based off a book. It's just one of her ideas. I believe it is based on a book. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you know what? Yes, it is based on a book. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's so far. I'm really liking it. Cool. Um, I can segue from that because the girl. You're just segueing all over the place. This I episode. am. I got my helmet on. <laughs> I'm buzzing around town. Sorry, that's a segue joke. <laughs> Subscribe oh. to Segway Weekly. <laughs> All the hot Segway news. Um, the girl, I even though I haven't seen it, the girl who plays young Amy Adams mm-hmm. isn't it. Which did you I, see it? Which I watched. Oh, how you don't like horror movies like I that? I do not. How did you feel about it? <laughs> um, Megan very kindly sat with me to watch it because there's no way in hell I'm watching that. Does Megan like horror movies? Yes. Okay. Um. And I watched it in broad daylight on like a Saturday or Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Keep all these blinds open. Yeah. Um, Doors open. <laughs> neighbors, anyone else want to come in and join me for this? Hold hands? No? Um, it was great. Because um, it, it's, it's only like 20 to 30% horror movie. The rest of it is just like a coming of age. This is not a revelation, but a coming of age story of these delightful children. Um, like in the vein of Stand By Me, another Stephen yeah, King story. Yeah, like a um, more of like a drama than it is horror, mm-hmm. except for when you know a decapitated body does a weird little shimmy shake over yeah. to you in a library. Because a lot of it is like this is the best summer I ever spent with my friends. Yeah. Also, there was a murderous clown, but right. Also, it was the best summer <laughs> I ever had. <laughs> um, we rode our bikes. <laughs> we uh, had rock fights. Yeah. And also, um, you know, one of us got taken. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My brother lost his arm, but you know. Yeah, you know, whatever. Um, It was all the the casting was great. Those kids were all, obviously, I've discussed, I'm not a fan of youths. Yes, this is well established. Let me tell you. In the canon of this show, (laughs) Jax hates the youths. Stop reminding me of my own mortality. <laughs> also, your voices are annoying. <laughs> um, but they were all so delightful mm-hmm. and so sweet. Um, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things doing his best Corey What's-His-Face. Oh, Corey, uh, Corey Feldman? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the redhead was just like so charming mm-hmm. Meg and I were both like how is there a child this charming and like, <laughs> that's not fair <laughs> um yeah it was you really like those kids a lot yeah um and all of their especially the little chubby one who's in the library I was like what are you me oh my god oh like uh, this poetry that he's leaving for the girl yes mm-hmm. oh he was a sweetheart he was nice he was so sweet um um, the kid yeah. with the broken arm, I believe it was. Yes, he. It felt like they just shrunk down Paul Giamatti to like <laughs> child size <laughs> and like let him loose. <laughs> like the expression on this kid's face, like the expressions that he had, were like so good and like just visceral, and just really seemed to come from a place of like pain and just age and like time. <laughs> just like you, they put a. 
45 year old man into like a 12 year old's body because yeah because each of the kids no one has good parents apparently in the 80s <laughs> everyone's parents are just terrible they're mm-hmm. either abusive or neglectful or munchausen's by proxy mm-hmm. there's a lot going on there um when that kid with the broken arm whose mom is obviously mentally ill and is making him think he's sick when he comes back from the pharmacy after talking to the bully girl and he, he learns about placebos yep but he just screams at his mother these are placebos <laughs> it just this is bullshit <laughs> when he said these are placebos i straight up fucking died laughing like it was just a sweet kid thing to do in such an intense moment of like yep truth like his eyes being open to what's going on there was so much in that but still like he's still a kid yes so it's <laughs> gonna come it's out weird so sweet. <laughs> like his self-discovery is a moment he'll always remember but you said uh, gazebos instead of placebos yes. which is what a kid would do oh god it was the best <laughs> also i was eating pizza at the time because of course i was <laughs> what am i gonna be eating salad um and when she um spoilery kind of um when she um thinks she killed her dad Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she like turns around or something and the clown is there Mm -hmm. i straight up threw my pizza (laughs) slices in my (laughs) hand and it was only like a little bit left and and, like it was as if i was watching like in a movie because it scared the shit out of me and i didn't expect it because it was such an intense scene already that you didn't expect it another thing on top of it and Mm -hmm. i just tossed my pizza like a fucking idiot there are some horribly heavy scary moments in that like when they're looking at the film and he like comes out out. and is in the room and is like 20 feet tall like that is terrifying yeah like Um, bill skarsgård does a really good job he does a great job um i think the only reason i was able to watch it was knowing that that beautiful man was underneath the makeup also his voice is silly kind of Mm -hmm. um so it's it's not like a like a deep scary voice Mm -hmm. it's it's a high disturbing voice yes but i can deal with it um and just like, I don't like creepy shuffles, and there's a lot of creepy shuffling in this. Like quick steps and then like stopping. Quick steps. I don't like little skitter steps. <laughs> Excuse me. There are a lot of those. No, thank you. Like, Oof. I'm curious because it too is supposed to come out. Oh, the yes. second it part two. Yes, it's chapter out, two. Th- chapter two is supposed to come out. I think next year. Mm. Um, it, the I just only heard like a, a few members of the cast that they right. named, but I'm very curious to actually see it and like you know see what happens at this point. Like, and it I like that it actually makes sense. Um, it's not like forcing a sequel. Oh right, because the the book the book has which I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Um, um, focuses on the kids as they become adult when they yes. become adults. It it f- jumps around in time. And speaking of HBO, the guy from season two. Um, of the wire when they're at the docks, uh, it's not Zippy. What's his Ziggy? Ziggy's Ziggy. Mm-hmm. Zippy. No, that's a clown. <laughs> um, Ziggy is playing one of the kids, which is great. Um, yes, I I believe the kid that we just mentioned like looked like a little Paul Giamatti. Um, he doesn't look like Paul. Giamatti. Not Paul Giamatti, but that same kind of like hang doggedness of him is on this child. I feel. Are you thinking of which? What color hair does he have? Black hair. Okay, you. That's weird that you equate him to Paul Giamatti because there is a kid with blonde curly hair, <laughs> um, like Paul Giamatti. Um, 
but yeah, he's he's an old man in mm-hmm. a little kid body with lots of ailments and pills. <laughs> and uh, Bill Hader's supposed to be playing uh, yes. the older version of Phil, Finn Wolfhard's character. Which is, it's so perfect. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Especially because he's going to be scared at some point and seeing Bill Hader's scared face is going to be great. <laughs> Those big old bug Those eyes. Those big old eyes. Be like, who? Like, I am... It's a little sad, though, that, you know, you don't get to hang out with those kids anymore because they were I so know. good. They were so great. Um, and uh, um, the only other redhead actress aside from Amy Adams, uh, Jessica Chastain. Oh, OK. I think is going to be playing the redhead girl. All right. I don't choice. know any of their names, <laughs> which is a little sad. I feel if I read the book, then I would retain the names a bit better. Yeah. But, like, I just remember the actors that played them and just, like, they were yeah. all really good. There's just, like, yeah, the Munchausen kid, the girl, <laughs> the funny one. The black <laughs> Yeah, like, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was very touching and sweet. Um, and very scary, too. Like, and very scary. It, it, yeah. it's It was less, I don't know, it was less scary, I guess, than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, I think also having because I watch The Walking Dead, it makes it a little bit easier because I'm used to seeing like zombies and shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, it was great. Um, another thing that I checked out recently that was actually like pretty solid. Um, but 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 oh, a show that I have fallen in love with uh, mm. called Ab- Abandoned on uh, on Hulu. Um, it is part of Viceland. Uh, it's on Viceland if you have Viceland, but uh, I watch it on Hulu. Um, it's a show hosted by uh, skateboarder Rick McCrank, um, where in which, <laughs> which is a, I understand that's 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 a crazy name. Is that his real name? That's his real name. Uh, he's Canadian. Uh, Dick McCrank. <laughs> what a name! That's amazing. <laughs> oh, you sent me the funniest when I texted you. Mm-hmm. about a doctor whose name was oh shoot what was it it's dirk dirk yeager dirk yeager <laughs> and then your response <laughs> was oh where is it what is his specialty action with a concentration in seduction <laughs> <laughs> dirk yeager is the world amazing to know that response cuz it made me so happy <laughs> Oh, God. Sorry. Yes. Dick <laughs> McCrank. Let's tell me about him. So he hosts a show called uh, Abandoned mm-hmm. uh, on Viceland. And it is a show that just explores, you know, abandoned places <gasps> across cities in America. Ooh, this sounds good. Um, you know, they go, to, they go to like malls and like, you know. Where like trees are growing where inside Where trees are growing in like in Ohio and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, this mall has been long since abandoned. We're going to go in here with like, you know, ghost hunters and like check it out. Ooh. We're going to go to another mall that's been like inhabited now by just like 30 different churches. That have, like, what? taken up space in, like, you know, these different places. Like, this mall is virtually, like, you know, no one goes here anymore. But they have bought space in wow. these malls. And just, this is where they have churches now. Oh, I'm totally going to watch this. Um, they will go to places like the Salton Sea uh, in California, which is, like, used to be this resort town. The Atlantic City of, like, you know, in its heyday mm. of, like, the West Coast. And then, like, okay, all the water went away. Um, oh, no. It got drained. 
Uh, there's algae blooms and like fish dying at massive rates oh, no. and toxic winds. Like, oh, but no. people still live here. What? So let's hang out with them and talk with them Ooh. and do some skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part. I that- mean, he's still Dick McCrank. He's <laughs> not going to not skateboard. I'm going to grind on some stuff. Oh right? yeah. Um, let's ollie around this abandoned place. I talked to some friends of mine and they were very put off by his personality. Oh no. But cause he's, that's the thing he's like just he's like a sponge a little bit like he just okay. takes upon like you know what's brought to him he's like just very accepting of almost everything like all okay. right cool this is what you do all right nice like he's very much that a re- nice. relaxed presenter okay um I like or that. but what i like is that he'll talk to people about their city like he'll mm-hmm. go to like you know st louis and all they did in st louis like let's look at abandoned schools and oh. they explain to you all right this is why st louis has this many abandoned schools like you know so they kind of get into not the politics of it, but like but the history the story, of it. All a bit. Yeah, yeah like it. why is this like this? Okay, well, this yeah. happened. Um, and like because he's a skateboarder, he'll like do some skateboarding in these abandoned places, <laughs> <laughs> which is like kind of fun to see. It reminded me personally, like, oh yeah, I kind of do love seeing skateboarding. <laughs> I feel like it is so skateboarding was so popular when we were kids in like yeah. the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, so many dudes i knew who i had very big time crushes on for skateboarders with their big <laughs> those jankos. skate our boys oh my god yeah i love those skate our boys <laughs> avril lavigne knew what was up she's no fool god um but yeah like i i love that he'll talk to the people and just like so how do you feel about your city and how do you feel about this place what do you think of people's perception of this place like he went to detroit and talked to people there and was like all right so you know everyone thinks that detroit's like the wild west you can come here and do whatever you want like how do you feel about that statement and, and like getting people's responses like well no i live here yeah. <laughs> like it's not you can't do anything you want here but like you know understand that people Cut are to here. grinding down rails at a public school <laughs> sir sir that is not allowed <laughs> Um, oh, he went to like um, uh, New Orleans and like you know oh, took cool. a tour through like the, the abandoned Six Flags uh, that's Ooh, down there. Creepy. Um, and you know you can see a lot of stuff like this on the internet and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I love the presentation of it. It yeah, looks really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have great drone work. Like as far as like you know <laughs> the uh, the camera shots. Yo, bro, this drone works solid. <laughs> If that's ever a category in the fucking Emmys or something, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> and best drone work goes to. <laughs> then you just hear a gunshot in me in the background. <laughs> Fuck this. yourself. This is too much. I or can. shooting a drone out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on a front porch in Kentucky. Just in <laughs> overalls. I'm like, no. Not my property. Mm-mm. Not my airspace. Mm-mm. Um but yeah, it's a show that I recently fell in love with, and I... That sounds great. It's 10 episodes long. It's on Hulu, if you have cool. it. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. Awesome. I will definitely check that out, because I have seen, like, um, when, like, National Geographic or whatever goes to some places like that, they've definitely gone to some abandoned malls and taken mm-hmm. really eerie photos. It's it's a more humanistic approach. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love eerie. <laughs> so, like, if it was that, I'd be okay with it, too. Um, I, there are a couple more things, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched, um, on a plane, <laughs> I watched, um, did I not write what it was called? I think it might just be called The Bookshop. The Bookshelf? Oh, Interstellar 2? Bookshop. Oh, Bookshop, excuse me. <laughs> 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 you say bookshelf. Yes, that's what <laughs> I thought you said. falling off the shelf. <laughs> it's just Matthew McConaughey. Matthew being very confused. <laughs> I'm um, trying to talk to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's with Emily Mortimer 
Nope. Mortimer. Mortimer. And, uh, <laughs> it's a badass sounding name now that I think about it. Mortimer. <laughs> um, and Bill Nighy? Nighy? Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know how to say his last name. Nighy, I feel is correct. Okay. And if it's um, not, find me, Bill Nighy. You want to do? <laughs> You're not the science guy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate how much I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh whew. okay compose yourself smith <laughs> um <laughs> so it's based in a quaint english village as mm-hmm. all english movies are uh-huh. it's either london or the middle of nowhere and there's cobblestones mm-hmm. um and emily mortimer i don't know that if she's just moved in there or what but there's this um, like abandoned house that um, she wants to open a bookstore in, but of course uh, Patricia she plays Tammy One on Parks and Rec. Oh, okay, Clarkson. Patricia Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's also on Sharp Objects. There you go, connections. <laughs> um, she plays like a rich lady in town, like a society lady mm-hmm. who does not want this bookshop in the, that house just because okay. she's just shitty and you know how old people are sometimes and they just want to wield their little bit of power that they have yeah um and i think it's set in like the 40s i'm gonna say oh for some reason i thought it was like now-ish no no okay. no it's it's, gonna say it's back in the day what does that even mean <laughs> Not oh, it means nothing day. it means absolutely nothing um and so but she's determined. Um, she, her husband died in one of the wars. I'm not sure. I think maybe it was World War One because it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she doesn't have many friends. Um, and so she just opens this little bookshop. And there is, of course, a recluse in town um, played by old Bill. Okay. And, um, but he's an avid reader. Okay. And, um, she ends up sending him some books and he reads Fahrenheit 451 is like, this is amazing. And so he doesn't come out of his house a lot. So it's just her, um, just kind of sending him books and that's how they kind of form a relationship. Okay. Um, cause he'll be like, this was great. Can you send me more Ray Bradbury? And, um, they form a really lovely friendship. Um, and it's just about her trying to deal with local, you know, bullshit politics and, kind of making a f- bit of a family out of the people in the small town. Um, and cause people are very resistant to it. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's Lolita is published and she's like, this is a pretty racy book. Salacious. Mm-hmm. So she, at first she sends it to bill to be like, can you read this and tell me what you think about it? <laughs> and he's like, it's a good book. You should sell it in your shop. And so she does, and people are like, oh, my God. Um, and so, you know, there's a little bit of a thing. People cashing vapors and feelings about this book. <laughs> so many vapors. <laughs> Pearls are clutched. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just, it made me cry, of course. I was on a plane just trying not to sniffle loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a really, it was a very small, sweet movie. Okay. That it was exactly what I thought it would be and what I needed, and it was great. Okay. Yeah. I had not heard anything. It's charming. It. All right, yeah. I'm gonna 
do the opposite of a segue, a walkway? I'm not sure. Um, fall down the steps. A, a moonwalk? <laughs> <laughs> a moonwalk is far more graceful than the things that I watch. So while I was on vacation uh, in the morning time, I did have some time to like watch some things. Um, uh, th- for the most part, they're bad. Um, <laughs> or just like, you know, only one was truly actually bad. So okay. I watched Dude, Where's My Car again. Again? After like years of not having seen it. Why would you ever see it a first time? Because I was why 13 would you go back to it? <laughs> and a boy oh in God. the United States. Oh, my God. Um, and to be honest, like, I, even as, at 13, I was like, you know, the first half of this movie is fine. The second half isn't. Now I'm like, no, this is all bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, How your taste has grown. <laughs> it's just not a good movie. It's just like. Oh, the movie called Dude, Where's My Car? It's, is sh- it's what a shock. It's not a. Don't shame me for this. All right? it is, I'm saying it's not good. <laughs> I'm not defending any part of it. Is um, a trash box movie. Um, so if you were wondering, listener, <laughs> hmm, should I go back and back and watch Dude, Where's My Car? Because maybe it was secretly amazing. No, turns I'll, out it wasn't. I'll always remember reading Spin Magazine. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. I'm assuming. And they had an article in there that said, like, you know, that showed a preview, like a little quick write-up of, like, you know, Dude, Where's My Car? And, mm-hmm. like, could this be the next stoner cl- comedy classic? Perhaps oh. supplanting Friday? Like, no. No, it doesn't. This is... It's it's horrible. And Friday's more about than just smoking weed. Um, it is a horrible movie about aliens and nonsense and you shouldn't watch it that's all the words i want to say on that also jennifer garner's in it surprisingly what you forget that she's in it uh she plays one of their girlfriends one of uh either ashton kutcher or uh charlotte charlotte william scott's uh girlfriends i forget which one but yeah she's in it and that's all i gotta say about that movie um i just very quickly rewatch yes man it's fine um so so edition is charming um it's just it was good to see it being in la because they do hit a lot of los angeles locations i don't even remember what that movie is um it's about a dude that has to say yes to everything he's going through some bad stuff in his life yeah jim carrey gotcha um uh rewatched uh part of harold and kumar uh go to white castle god what was this that was okay um and rewatched part of justice league oh boy yeah um, which was like fine. Again, it's like your child has been failing class for a very long time, and then you got to see. We're going to fucking Fred Ruckers, okay? <laughs> Get your shit. <laughs> we're partying tonight. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, that's just a rundown of what I was watching when I was out there. That's awful. <laughs> that alone would have made for a terrible vacation. <laughs> Good God. Um, so I have two more things. Okay. Um. One is uh, I saw Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, okay. Um, it was good. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, that's a qualifier. That doesn't feel like it was a very positive thing to say. <laughs> it was very long. It was very long. Um, as long as Henry Cable's mustache, because that thing had better be worth potentially messing up two movies for. Not as long. And certainly not as glorious. <laughs> Good God. Because um, you think the movie is ending and then there's a significant, there's like another 20 minutes. You're okay. just like, oh, fuck. Also, I had to pee during it. So that didn't help. <laughs> so um, you also had an impossible mission as well. <laughs> Sit through this movie. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it was good. It's just, it got a little bit ridiculous. 
Um, How's those movies like just stunt wise or just? Um, it really pushed the envelope with the silliness toward the end. Okay. Um, in term not silliness, but like ridiculousness, like over the topness. Yeah, I guess cutting it close type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in it is great. Um, the best part by far is the fight scene in the bathroom, which they show you it, um, part of in the previews. Okay. Uh, or in the trailer. It looks intense and it's good. It's super intense. Um, and it's also, like, it's cool because it's that stark white ba- background. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, um, and this, I want to say he's Japanese, I'm not positive, Asian guy, um, who's clearly, like, a fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching an interview with Henry Cavill because, of course, it was. He's so handsome. <laughs> um, and the guy is now – he worked as part of a stunt team, but now he's, like, a stunt coordinator. Okay. Um, and he's not, like, a particularly big guy, but he's – but they choreographed the shit out of these um, – this fight scene. And it's long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. Okay. It's so great. Um and the guy, even though he wasn't like an actor, actor, he freaking sells it, and you are terrified of this man. Okay. Um, yeah, it's badass. Um, so that's by far the best part. Henry Cavill. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> he is just so handsome. I don't even know what to do with myself. Um, the most hilarious part of this movie is watching Tom Cruise. And whoever is operating the camera trying to make him look as tall as everybody else. For a second, you said operating. Thought you said whoever's operating Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> the small alien creature, um, <laughs> men in black style, who's <laughs> operating him. Because um, the camera angles and everything, they do everything to try to make him not look tiny next to Henry Cavill. But Henry Cavill's got to be at least 6'2 or 6'3. He's like Army Hammer tall. Like he's a they tall were dude. Com- they're comparable heights. Yes. Like I, I that's part of Tom Cruise's charm. Excuse me, love. That's part of Tom Cruise's charm. Um, I think that he is like a average heighted man. Like and there's and there's nothing like wrong with it. it's fine. Yeah, well, you don't have Represent to make me think he's six guys. two. It's like fine. we all know, you've seen him for thirty years. We acting. all know you're like five seven five eight. It's fine. Which is fine, man. Like that's part of your charm. We like you for that. Like like at one point, um. <laughs> Alec Baldwin, who's a tall guy, he's at least like six feet tall, mm-hmm. um, and like Angela Bassett, who's great, and Henry Cavill are all talking, and then Tom Cruise is standing off in the background because <laughs> if you put him in there, full on with those people in the scene, he'd look tiny. <laughs> so they just have him stand back. They're panning like up to look at both of them. It's just anything they can do to not make him look tiny. From what and I, it's hilarious. I have to imagine that's his choice. It's a fun like, game because really he's the director of these films yeah like he has like final say and everything right, right, like, it's, right. it's his movie but like from what i understand when he's on set he is so present and like you know able to like see every angle of everything the business end of things yeah the, the behind the camera part of things and the acting side of things that like you know he's probably taking a look at the situation and say like all right i should be here like and is very conscious of like where everyone else is. Uh, and he's how probably he looks on so camera. used to it by now that it's oh just... yeah like second nature to him yeah. like he's and that's part of what has made him as successful as he is i think i guess um but like he got his helicopter license and he's flying helicopters in the movie and like 
it's just so intense. <laughs> he makes me tired. Um, is it's a solid action movie. Mm-hmm. It's too long. It gets a little ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it's fine. Okay, you know it's fun. Um, I think they just made it a little. I could have done without the last like twenty minutes. Okay, it. just like a little bit of editing would have been. I like, made the movie a better experience. They, I. It's because he's just trying to up the action game every time. Okay. Um. So yeah, he added in the helicopter part at the end, which is kind of spoilers ish. Not really though, because you see it in the trailer. Yeah, I th- for some reason I just imagine that was either at the beginning of the film yeah. or like towards like the middle. They show you, there's so much action there's in the film so much. that you can put anything in anything in the trailer. Just feels like I don't know where this is. I assume it's here. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they necessarily needed the helicopter thing. I wasn't. I don't get me wrong. I know the amount of difficulty and skill it must be insane. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I don't think it did a ton for me necessarily while I was watching it. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was fine. Anything else from you? Uh. I have one more thing. The only thing I have worth talking about, really, is what you asked me to watch. Okay. And that's about it, really. Okay. So, my last thing is um, Megan and I went to go see The Spy Who Dumped Me. I feel like I saw no ads for that. Can I just say one quick thing about that? Yes. I thought that movie was going to be about uh, Mila Kunis being dumped by Kate McKinnon, (laughs) who was the spy that dumped her. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, I absolutely see that. I didn't realize Mila Kunis got dumped by some dude and, like, she's going to Europe, like, you know, with Kate McKinnon, who's, like, her best friend. I had a whole different movie in my head. <laughs> I'd love to see that movie. <laughs> um, it's Mila Kunis being dumped by Justin Theroux. Okay. Who is a spy. Um, and the guy does a lot of dumping, it seems like. Uh, ooh. Yeah, look at you throwing that shade. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she and Kate McKinnon just kind of get roped into this adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kate McKinnon, as always, just kind of steals the show because she's so funny. Mm-hmm. And she is such a great presence on the screen. And then I don't watch the show Outlander. I You've heard of it? Have out, you heard of it? Outlander. It's like a Scottish... like. Oh, yes. I've heard of this. Involves time travel and romance. Mm-hmm. Two yeah, things yeah, yeah. I'm not particularly interested mm-hmm. in. Um, but it's the guy from that who's very tall, and I did not realize it. Um, and he's not wearing the terrible wig that he, I think, wears on that show. <laughs> and he is so handsome. <laughs> he popped up on that screen, and I was like, what? Because mm-hmm. I don't think they really showed him in the previews for it. Um, but, oh, my pearls. <laughs> I was so happy. Okay. So I was like, Megan, who is that? <laughs> is that a, who's his vision I leaned over I was like is that a Scar's card and she's like no it's the guy from Outlander I was like oh what is this Outlander who are you Outlander <laughs> um uh yeah and he was great in it and um yeah it was fun it was a uh, good comedy um it's kind of reminded me of Melissa McCarthy's movie Spy I was just gonna say that was it like Spy-ish in that yeah it's two people granted she had at least had training but it's two people who are unprepared for okay. the situation just kind of getting into it and doing their best okay um Gillian Anderson no yes Gillian Anderson is in it yeah um and she just for like a hot minute but she's great does she get to be like the Jason Statham 
of but like he like Jason was a spy. Was she to she, this? No, she's a boss lady. She's okay. the Allison Janney. Okay, all right. In terms of the spy world, um, but her outfit is sick. She has a beautiful, stylish white dress thing on. Mm-hmm. And Kate McKinnon, because I know too much about celebrities, I know in real life she like loved Julian Anderson. Oh, yeah. Both idolized, but also was attracted to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her reaction in the movie to when Julian Anderson comes in the room, uh-huh. you could tell it's just also very comes from a very genuine place <laughs> of awe and love. <laughs> and it's just, it's fantastic. She's hilarious. Um, and her relationship <laughs> with her parents is hilarious in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. Do you necessarily need to see it in the theaters? Definitely not. Um I just like to support my funny ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's worth if you're looking for a comedy with some decent, you know, action and a handsome gentleman. It's definitely worth checking out. Okay. All right. I do intend to see it. I just was very much thrown when I found out what the real premise was. <laughs> I had a different movie in my head because I didn't see any trailers for it, really. <laughs> yes. There are some little twists and turns here and there. Uh, there's a woman who I don't know who she is. I don't think I've seen her in anything who plays like this Russian gymnast person. Okay. Um, who's super intense and she's great, but she is way too fucking thin. Okay. They show her taking off her shirt and she is like her hip bones like jut out. Like it's disgusting. Okay. And it's not like a judgment of her. It's just no one should be that thin and it's unhealthy, and I want her to eat. <laughs> because, no. Okay. All right. I found it very disturbing, as did Megan. Okay. <laughs> I, um, just, I, I support her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I could help her. Okay. That, that's all. <laughs> um, to get to what you asked me to watch last time we yes. met. Yes. Um, I did sit down last night and watched uh, Annihilation. Uh, Annihilation, yes. I watched it with my roommate, Jermaine. Um, oh, sorry, Jermaine. Oh, uh, no, nothing to be sorry about. Like we, we. I mean, it's certainly not the worst thing I've made you watch. No, like it, we enjoyed it for the most part. Like it was a, uh, it, it was way more of a thinking person science fiction movie than like what I imagined in my head when I saw the trailers. Like okay. you know, you think uh, I guess the trailer is so it, vague. It's very vague. You don't really know what the plot is. Nebulous. Like yeah. you. You see, you know, four soldiers with guns, four female soldiers with guns, Yay. and like, you know, a place that is fantastical, seemingly, mm-hmm. and like you just assume, like, all right, they're going to shoot some shit. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Um, I love the look of the movie. Yeah. Um, I think that you know the effects were very well done, uh, and as far as making this place that looked so much more fantastical than what it probably was on set, um, I wrote down that I much prefer an upbeat Oscar Isaac. <laughs> um, uh, and thinking about it like i feel that that rarely gets to happen he always plays like you know a beleaguered man like with so much like on his shoulders it feels he's like either very in- yeah he's either very intense yeah or desperate mm-hmm. yeah like it feels like you know the rare podamon role is like rare like where he's That's like you know true, upbeat yeah. having a good time like you know telling jokes he's a funny dude he's that tickling like, his wife in bed and whatnot yeah that like leads into some romance yeah oh so jealous and then you find out about like the difficulty of their relationship and all that stuff as the movie goes on which uh, the whole cheating thing seemed spoilers um mm-hmm. seemed 
ran not completely random but like it didn't go anywhere really it's i thought it would have to do more with them meeting back up later and discussing right. that and then but mm-hmm. it just seemed to just characterize who this person was rather than like you know their relationship mm-hmm. like oh she wasn't like you know the perfect wife just waiting at home like you know and then going out to fight for her husband to find out what happened to him it's like no i did a thing that i am guilty of mm-hmm. and not proud of and i guess the question of like why is she really here is she coming here to like kind of like pay for the sin of like you know yeah uh you know cheating on her husband or is she really trying to find out what happened to him is she satisfying her own curiosity like there's a lot of questions to be asked there i think and the the movie does that it it opens up a lot of questions and doesn't give a lot of answers it leaves a lot of open to interpretation which i think is a fair thing to do and doesn't happen a lot in science fiction films today especially big budget ones mm. um like the cast a lot jennifer jason lee uh mm-hmm. tessa thompson uh natalie portman like you know the sight of four women with guns uh that are military like and only them there's no other male presence there it's i don't think i've ever seen that before in a movie i'm not sure uh, there was something about just that imagery of them uh, in, like, the the beige fatigues and backpacks on that just felt very Ghostbusters-y, in the, like, just the look of it. It's so funny that you say that because I thought, when I don't say this in a mean way, I thought nothing of it. Like, yeah, why not? Whereas you're used to seeing, and it's not that I'm not, but, like, you're used to seeing dudes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's weird that these women are doing that and but from a lady point of view like yeah of course we mm-hmm. can do whatever like it's funny yeah it's it's not even an idea of like how they could never it's like oh no like cool like i just have not seen this before in anything i didn't even cross my mind okay um there were some very interesting things that happened in the movie like as far as like uh action wise mm. like they encounter uh some mutated things yeah um one of which is like oh that's just a bigger than normal crocodile mm-hmm. um <laughs> And another thing that was like, oh, this is... But he is... also had crazy teeth. He had, like, shark teeth in his and mouth, rows essentially. rows and rows of teeth. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, that's cool looking. pretty insane. Um, I made a joke at one point. It's like, look, all right. So Jane Foster and Valkyrie, all right, they've been through some tough stuff before. <laughs> they know Thor. We'll call Thor, and they'll get him over here, and like they'll all hang out and, like, do something together. Um, um fuck you. They don't need Thor. <laughs> they can take care of themselves. Um, Man. <laughs> Get your man attitude then and ideas out of Sith, here. And they'll figure it out there that way, too. Go. All right? Um, I was... That bear, though. That is nightmare fuel. That was... It was so disturbing and interesting and unique and cool and so disturbing. Yeah. It ate... <laughs> like, it, at one point, they are uh, in the forest. Spoilers, I guess. They are at a base of uh, mm-hmm. the southern... Re- th- there were terms they used to call, like, the southern reach of the Shimmer. I was like, all right. But... <laughs> they the, were at- the Shimmer, i.e. the oil slick bubble. Yes. Yeah. Um, they were at the base, um, and they're all keeping watch at night. And then they hear, like, a growl in the forest. Then, like, immediately a bear is on top of them. Mm-hmm. It steals one of the members of the group. It takes them into the forest. And they're like, well, fuck us. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, she's gone. They... Natalie Portman looks for her the next day, finds her with, like, her throat ripped out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, okay. Like, you would assume a bear would just eat as much of her as it could yeah. and then move on. But, like, just her throat got ripped out. Okay, fine. Uh, they keep moving on. But she's clearly dead. Kill- clearly dead. Yeah. Uh, they keep moving on. They go to a house. One of the members, like, loses their mind and, like, ties them all up. And then from outside of the house, you hear, like, a screaming. Like, they're the member that, like, was 
taken the night mm-hmm. before. Like, oh shit, like, did she survive somehow? And Natalie Portman was the only one who saw her dead. And like, they're questioning their sanity at yeah. this point. And like, maybe Natalie Portman didn't see what she thought she saw. And, or maybe she, yeah. Um, and you hear like, you know, her voice, what is clearly her voice. And the person that tied them up goes outside to get her. Um, fucking wrong. It's that bear again. It can eat voice boxes and sound like people. The fuck is that shit? So it's and when that bear, which is like half of its like fur missing is missing. its face. So like it's really terrifying looking. It's like a skull with like a lower beer jar or something yeah, like that. It's like, creepy it's looking. Creepy. Um, it's as if a bear had died and started half of it had started to decompose. Yeah, that's what it looks like lumbering around, and it's huge. And when it opens its mouth, instead of a bear roar coming out of it, it's that same woman screaming for her life. It's one of the most disturbing things I've because ever seen. Because ate her voice box. Because it ate her. And it, sm- it can't see. It can sense fear. Yeah. Like, that's how it hunts. You're fucked. Like, it is so terrifying. Yeah. Um, they eventually kill that thing, but, like, it was a pretty scary image. It was really scary and unique, so I, it made me kind of enjoy it. I think that was my favorite part. I know that sounds weird. And it's the part that's... But it was just unlike anything I'd ever seen. Yes. Um, as we get deeper into the film, uh, there are parts that, like, were just still gorgeous. Um, yeah. The It felt like the shimmer, the, what they were in, was, like, uh, a bright upside down from Stranger Things. Yeah, that's um, a good way to put it. The uh, it felt there were parts of it that were very reminiscent of things like Solaris um, or like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, I haven't seen either of those. Sorry. Like Solaris is like all about like you know a, a guy coming to terms with the death of his wife. Oh, okay. Very similar to Natalie Portman coming to terms with like you know her husband close being close to death and her, his disappearance. Mm-hmm. Um, body Snatchers, of course, you know people coming in and taking the shape of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of the film not to spoil anything uh there's a lot of question of like what is a person what is humanity um and the twist is one that it doesn't it's not clear it mm. it does make you ask questions um i, I don't think this did super well at the box office i can no, understand I why so it would not i think when you can't they couldn't market it well because there's no way to not spoil it kind of yeah and it isn't it's like sci-fi kind of fantasy a little bit and very bit philosophical too yeah it's it's not it's not something you'd put in a box easily in market yeah you can't which makes it's hard sense to sell. as yeah as to why it didn't particularly do well yeah um but that aside uh i enjoyed it my roommate jermaine he enjoyed it as well um as far as just like oh, that was a pretty good experience hmm. Um, but yeah, what? How did you feel about what I asked you to watch, or what you were able to see? I only, <laughs> I'm a, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I just started the founder. I think I'm maybe like twenty or so minutes in, maybe okay. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, he made it to McDonald's. Um, it's, so it's about uh, Michael Keaton, who's uh, trying to <laughs> sell milkshake machines in like the fifties, um, and he's not doing great. He's on the road. He's a salesman. Um, and then he finds out that this one place in San Bernardino ordered six milkshake machines. And he's like, that's not right. Like, no and, one orders six. Yeah, Why would you ever need that I much? I can't sell one of these. There's no way anyone's ordering this many. Mm-hmm. And so he goes there and it turns out it's the very first McDonald's. Um, and I just got through the part. Sorry, this is kind of nitty gritty. No, no, I always saw part of it. Um, because you know I love logistics. Mm-hmm. And so when they're on the tennis court, like using chalk to map out um, 
the most efficient way to set up the kitchen of this McDonald's. I thought that was very cool. It was really cool and really interesting. Um, like the brothers being Nick Offerman. Right. And I forget like uh, the other brother's name. He's doing a ton of stuff. That guy's in everything. Yeah. I can't remember a damn thing now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But like their relationship of one being like so... They're both like very nice people. One's more kind of like salesman verbose yeah. and outgoing and Nick Offerman's more internal thinking the logistics of it like right. how does this work how do all these pieces come together yeah. and like you know it just shows that like you know they took it like an engineering yeah. a- approach to the business almost of just like we need to be efficient as efficient as possible while still mm-hmm. providing like a, a great product, product. Yeah. and it's just like oh wow like it, it it said a lot about like you know the the business practices of McDonald's when they yeah. first started out uh, and as you watch the movie, if you continue the movie, I don't I, know. I will, yeah. Um, you definitely get to see how a McDonald's becomes what it is now, oh, based okay. upon Ray Kroc. Like, okay, it the the kind of film you're watching, you think you're watching the story of like this is how the protagonist of McDonald's came to be. This oh, is no. how a villain is I made. I think it's gonna make me sad. It might actually. It made me a little sad at the end of it, actually. Like. It makes me so- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can finish it because I don't. I love justice. I- and s- I know <laughs> that there's not going to be justice. And that makes me sad. This is part of the wave of the uh, Michael Keaton renaissance. Yeah. Of like him being back in the business and like just like really doing like good stuff or like choosing good things to be a part of. Um, and this is one of those choices, I think, where it's like, wow, like everyone that's here is really good. Um, yeah, it's nice seeing Nick Offerman in a different role. Yeah, like, you know, not... He's great. Yeah, like, being, like, a relatively serious, gruff guy, yeah. but, like, not... He's not a comedic focus in this, right. really. Like, he's being... He's playing a dramatic role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's just very interesting to see, like, business practices of that time. Like we were talking about earlier, a burger costs 15 cents. Like, what is that insanity? <laughs> like, I'd weigh 500 pounds. <laughs> oh, God. Like, um... But yeah, I, I hope you continue it. I hope you like it. Um, but yeah, now I have something else for you to watch if oh. you care to take that on as well. Okay. Um, so for the future, for the next episode that mm-hmm. we do, uh, if you have the time, I'd like you to check out a movie uh, called Patty Cakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's been on my list for ages mm-hmm. and I just haven't. And I know it was on. Or am I still It's still on, on HBO. HBO? Yeah. yeah. Still on HBO. Um, story of a young girl from new jersey that wants to be a rapper um basic premise um and just her journey to like and the steps she's putting in to become that um i liked it a lot it was one of my favorite movies of last year oh, okay cool um and i don't think anyone really saw it i don't know if it made much money i know it got great reviews critically mm-hmm. but yeah i don't think many people saw it i don't think it was in ma- very many theaters to be yeah. honest um but that being said like growing up for new jersey myself like it's just like wow it's like really cool to see like something go that really felt like you know of the state mm-hmm. and like of the area that I'm from, so it was like all right. It was it was a good movie in my cool. opinion. Yeah, I will look into this. Um, I forgot to mention two things that I'm looking forward to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's this movie on Netflix that John Krasinski is one of the voices animated it's for kids called Next Gen. Okay. And um, it kind of gave me, even though I didn't see the movie, is it? Not, Big Hero 6. Yep. Um, in that it's a little girl who... Um, it's like a combination of that movie and iRobot. <laughs> okay. In that it's all these robots um, 
are manufactured and like there's one that's evil but she befriends like a good one so mm-hmm. they have to like save people or whatever mm-hmm. um and john krasinski is the robot but the best you have to watch the trailer because <laughs> betsy sadaro is one of the voices do you know who that i is? don't know who that is oh she's a comedian and she has a very distinct voice that i'm sure you'll recognize when you hear it okay and she's just like and it's in the future so a lot of things are um mechanized i guess you'd mm-hmm. say um and she plays like a gate or something and she's like oh look at me i'm opening and like she's just so excited to be used at <laughs> all and her voice is so distinct that it's great um so it looks like it'll be a fun little movie okay and then um a movie called green book with mahershala ali and vigo mortensen which my phone changed to Virgo Mortensen. <laughs> um, so I'm going to assume that that's like a brother or a cousin <laughs> who reads tarot cards and shit. Um, and Just imagine him with like a crystal ball and a head wrap. That's like... <laughs> Um, just telling the fortunes of all his Lord of the Rings pals. <laughs> um, Elijah Wood, you'll live forever. You you'll age this weirdo. Age again. Yeah. Um, it's a curse. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, so Mahershala Ali plays um, a really gifted piano player who's going on tour in like, I believe it's the 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. Not a great time for African Americans. Nope. Um, Can't time travel past 1978, really. Yeah, no. Or any time, really. Uh-huh. Um, and so, Vigo, uh, old Virgo Mortensen <laughs> gets hired to play his driver. Okay. And he's very. Vigo Mortensen must have put on like 30 or 40 pounds for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> he got chunky. And it's so endearing. <laughs> um, and he's like a very like New York guy. Okay. And he's got that accent, which is great. Which is still a lot of things. Because Vico Morrison like, is from New York with like the weirdest name. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he should be from the Netherlands. <laughs> um, and so um, they go on the road together. And Vigo Mortensen is... Um, he... I think isn't particularly maybe well educated. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a role reversal in that um, Mahershala's character. I like to call him that because like we're on a first name basis and uh-huh. he's so handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna throw him on the old husband list <laughs> along with old Virgo Mortensen too because <laughs> I remember Eastern Promises. Virgo, not Vigo. Right, just <laughs> I'll just go for the cousin. It's clear. you know I'll take what I can get. Uh, I've seen Eastern Promises. I know what's up. Have you seen that movie? I have seen Eastern Promises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, so Mahershala is like super classy, um, and old Virgo is a real punch him in the face kind of guy, mm-hmm. um, with whose his wife is played by Linda Carlini, who I feel like is making just little great choices here and there, yeah. popping into old Avenger movies, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing, um, and so he's just kind of like a New York bro. And it's them kind of learning about each other and calling each other out on shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks really good. You should definitely watch the trailer. Did I start to well up and cry a little bit? Of course I did. It's only three minutes. <laughs> Jason, 
It's going to be very touching. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it at home. As much as I'd love to see in the theater and support it. <laughs> um, so that looks really great. And finally, sorry. Um, before, during the trailers that were played uh, before The Incredibles 2, uh, there was a trailer for the, um, oh, shoot, uh, Scottish guy, um, Star Wars... Uh, help me. Scottish guy from Star Wars. That's like half the cast. Like, oh, God. What are we talking about? Uh, from Phantom Menace, Star Wars. Oh, uh, Ian McGregor? There we go. Whew. Got there. Ian McGregor. Um, it's a Winnie the Pooh movie. Which oh, yeah. I know there was just one with Donald Gleason and Maggie. Nope. <laughs> Maggie? Nope. Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I think, might be a better one. Yeah, um, it's like the Disney-sponsored one. Like, you know. Oh, the actual voice of Winnie the Pooh, but Jim Cummings is like, you know, playing Winnie the Pooh. Oh my God. We're sitting in this theater, surrounded by children, and Megan and I are both like, huh, oh, oh God. And just <laughs> swelling up, because as soon as you hear that voice, it's just like childhood punching you in the face. And it was so, I don't know what it is that is so touching about it, but it's just so sweet. And Ewan McGregor, he's like typical, like, kind of like business guy back in the. I, I feel like we're going back to the fifties and sixties a lot. Maybe it, it was the seventies. It looks I don't a know. lot like a Hook. It reminds you of Hook. Yes, very Hook esque in mm. that he's too busy for his family, even though he's a good guy. And so Winnie the Pooh is going to help him kind of get back to that. And, and they're his like, priorities. Bro, remember Adventures? <laughs> he's like, Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and Winnie the Pooh is just wandering around this house. And his little voice saying that he was looking for his friends and he couldn't find them, Jason. Oh, my God. I could cry right now just thinking about it. Like, it's just the sweetest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see it, except that when it comes out in theaters, I'm not going to be able to go because I'm just going to be ugly crying through the whole fucking thing. I know I will. Through the trailer, I was kind of a mess. So there's no way I can see it in theaters unless Mm -hmm. I'm very much by myself. Um and I'm just going to look like a monster walking out of there with my eyes all swollen. But it's fine. Um, it looks like a very sweet, lovely movie. Okay. That's um, it. That was a really long one. I'm so sorry. No, it's totally <laughs> fine. Like, I would like to see the movie as well. I think it's uh, something Christopher Robin. Or the uh, yeah. A Friday Christopher Robin, I think it was, or something like that. Uh, I, I don't know. Either way. I, it looks good. I would it like to see good. it. I'm sure that's definitely going to be like a November, December movie. Probably, yeah. Um, but what do you have for me to watch for next time? Uh, Queer Eye. Oh, right. Queer Eye. Yes. Okay, I should write that down. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's all... The first two seasons are all based in Georgia. Okay. Um, obviously, the South is not known for being super receptive... Res, nope. Receptive to um, gay people. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that makes it a little more interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just so uplifting and positive, which is so nice to see these days. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. All right. I'll check it a couple At least watch one episode. I feel like you might find yourself watching more than one because it's so lovely. I think that's easily possible, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have broken down what we watched. Uh, we told you how we feel about it. Uh, so much. Tell, so many feelings. Tell so us. So many handsome men. Tell us how you feel about us on, you know, uh, on iTunes. All right. You could uh, send us you know, a five-star review. All right. Write a little something. Who's on feel. your husband list? I would right. love to know. Let us know about that. Okay. 
Jason probably doesn't care as much, but I very much want to know. <laughs> did Virgo Mortensen make it on <laughs> husband list? How about Leo DiCaprio? That's Leo as the st- as the sign, not the name. <laughs> You're an idiot. Okay. <laughs> Uh, How about Sagittarius Jennings? <laughs> Let us know. Reach out to us. We have a Twitter that we have a Twitter. We have we do. We do. Did you make it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. We Good have job. An Instagram ONR podcast. You know what we don't have lives. <laughs> so reach out to us and let us know how your lives are. I have time to respond. <laughs> but again. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Join us next time uh, where we observe and where we report. Bye. Bye.